0: one minute of silence, and then explore whatever arises. So please join us for this one minute of doing nothing. Anything come up for you in that time?
1: Yeah, I think something interesting came up. And as soon as it came up, I was like, okay, now I've got the topic for today's discussion. You know? And it was kind of a relieving feeling that yes, something has come up for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's Which
0: something. Hmm. And amazing thing just in itself, it seems to me anyways, yeah. I've been, I think I mentioned this last time, too, I've been reading this Carl Jung book, Man and His Symbols, mm-hmm. and a lot of it, it's it's not all by him, it's him and several other author, auth- authors, um, but a lot of it is about the unconscious and mm-hmm. sort of access to the unconscious, developing a relationship with the unconscious, or what is referred to often as the capital S self, mm-hmm. and you saying that just made me think of, you know, you, you you your ego kind of went into silence and then you became potentially receptive to your unconscious or to the to the capital s self and then received something and then you're like oh your ego self maybe caught it and was like oh yes got it but it came from somewhere that was out of your control
1: it seems yeah yeah exactly absolutely right and uh the you know that i think it, it came from the unconscious but at the same time it came from maybe a visual that i saw just before uh you know going into uh, like into into the one minute silence and mm-hmm. meditation because then i closed my eyes so the visual was uh, uh of me like speaking to you uh, you know on this on this uh, zoom call and interaction with video interaction that we are having for like for the listener, it's like an audio interaction, but we are actually having a having a Zoom call, a video interaction right now. So I, I closed my eyes and I then had a visual of myself speaking, you know, that, and I was like thinking this thought came to me that how do I look while I speak? And then I, you know, I, I could see myself like I realized that, OK, I move my hands a lot, you know, while while I speak and uh, then i was this this thought was coming in like is that appropriate is that not appropriate how would the other person feel you know is that distracting or not and then you know that add the other the like it led me to thinking that like is this why am i even concerned about this like is it, is it coming from my ego or is it like a concern for the other person So that was like kind of a confusing state. But then I realized maybe it is because from the concern of the other person, or maybe it is also from the place of the idea of trying to see that, how do I look? Because uh, like a long time back, I kind of stopped worrying about how do I look? But this was like after a long time today that I had this, uh, you know, thought that how am I looking while having this conversation to you?
0: Mm. Was there any sort of critical or self-conscious element to it? Because I guess that could happen in different ways where one is, has more of a self-conscious tone to it. Oh, if I I wonder how I look, I wonder how that's impacting him or what he's thinking about me or what someone else is thinking about me. And another that is more just kind of curious, like, oh, I wonder what it's like to see me Hmm. talking. Um, It's not something that I ever get to see but without it necessarily being good or bad, just maybe interesting.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting question because I think it was both, but I think more it was uh, the idea of how the other person might feel because it it made me remember a conversation that I had with someone else, you know, uh, earlier. And uh, like, she's a friend and she, she attended one of my like live sessions uh, and she said that, okay, you move your hands a lot while speaking. and But your camera placement is not correct. You know, uh, your your camera is hiding your hands. And it's like, you know, half of the hands are coming on the screen and half, the, half of them are not coming on the screen. <laughs> so it it was like, I think it was, I don't know, maybe there are both factors to it. Like it it is also a concern for the audience of how the audience receives it. And in this case, how you receive it and then it is also maybe coming back to the idea of why why am i even concerned about this mm-hmm. you know uh, mm-hmm. is is it coming from ego like do i want to just look good on the screen <laughs> i think it's yeah what,
0: what do you think and I'll, what do you think when you get that feedback for example
1: i think what i feel now that you are asking me uh, is it's not it's not from the idea of how do like it's not from the concern of how do i look but it's more about kind of screen etiquettes more about how the other other person is feeling about me interacting <laughs> uh, and how are they getting the message and are they if i'm using my hands and that's a good thing you know to to use your hands while speaking and because i'm using one more mode of kind of expression but is it like if i'm not able to like do to do it properly on the screen then is it distracting for the audience i think that's more of a,
0: uh, a is moment. it impairing the message that yeah. you're attempting to get across is it acting as noise rather than like something yes. that is being helpful
1: yes and and exactly you know right now i can see that that is the same for you uh mm-hmm. you know, your hands are also like coming up half on the screen mm-hmm. and yeah uh, what's that I, like
0: for you when you see it is it distracting is it what's it,
1: it has, like it, it it is uh it is actually uh kind of curiosity uh because when i when i see your hands moving and like i'm, I'm seeing it because now my conscious attention is on mm-hmm. it but it is not that much conscious attention on it while we are like having a normal conversation because mm-hmm. we're kind of more looking each at each other's face you know and trying to read the face but uh, the, when these hands come up then it kind of becomes the question of uh, do I want to see the hands or not and then I'm like no maybe I don't want to see the hands but let's say if you are using your hands and if I would see your hands fully then it will add to that expression and maybe I can read, read you better you know mm-hmm. but right now uh, as you mentioned it and as you were moving your hands it became a curiosity okay what's happening down there you right know? And, yeah, uh, at your hands. Uh, and maybe I was trying to figure out what you are doing with your hands. Right.
0: Because there are different ways of, and I noticed that I'm bringing my hands higher now. <laughs> that there are different ways of using your hands because hmm. one could be where it's very much related to the message. So, And I'm noticing that that's happening right now. So I sort of had my hands in front of my face and then mm. I was about to identify two different things. And so I then mm. I moved it to one side. And that's indicating that here I'm about to talk about the one side of it. Yeah. And so there's there's one side of these sort of nonverbal movements and hand gestures where it's kind of centrally related and it's really complementing the actual the essence of the message. Mm versus maybe the other side. And now I move my hands to the other side. So this is pretty central to the message that I'm communicating. That maybe feels less uh, like it's part of the actual thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's just more like flowing with your speech, um, if that makes sense. Because then oh, it's I interesting know. too, because I was looking at you, you know, speaking and there's so much more than the hands because there's a leaning forward. There's like, uh, yeah. even now you there's like a certain posture that you're in that's communicating something. Yeah. It, it might mean that I'm, I'm inquisitive or I'm in agreement or I'm
1: hmm.
0: not understanding or yeah. uh, I'm thinking I'm distracted or like whatever yeah. it might be. All these different things that are happening and, and hands are one maybe particularly potent part of it.
1: Yeah. And uh, I I feel that, you know, even when we think that we are not, as you mentioned, that when when we are thinking that we are not expressing with our hands, maybe we are, you know, that is not something which is useful. Uh, Like when you give the example of you telling right side or left side, then your hands can show that. But otherwise, it's just like not useful. But I feel that it is very useful, actually, because maybe reading the hand gestures can tell a lot about the, the 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 person you know like for example you just noticed that my my hand was like you know i the listener cannot see it but i was kind of holding both of my hands you know my fingers are joined and my one of my fingers you know is touching my teeth so this is for me i just realized that it is a, a mode of inquiry for me you know when i do an inquiry when i'm like kind of contemplating things then i mm-hmm. do this you know yeah, and, hands yeah
0: together almost like a sort of TP.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and my, usually my finger goes into my mouth when I'm inquiring something. So it's mm-hmm. like, like this. You know? So I, 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 so I think it tells a lot about the person that how, you know, one, how the person is using their hands when they are feeling, having different feelings or, or in a different state. Uh, maybe when we can start, and that can be a good way to read a person. Maybe you know, I think I think there must be fields of study where people read such gestures. I'm sure of how of how how people are interacting. So yeah, that that becomes useful because then your hands are kind of also expressing your emotion. Then I'm not only focused on your words, but I'm maybe able to figure out that with your hand movements that this is the emotion that you're feeling. Because Mm -hmm. I now understand that this particular hand movement is associated with that emotion that you're Mm -hmm.
0: feeling. It seems hypothetically less mediated by the ego. Uh, Mm -hmm. You could potentially exert conscious control over your nonverbals and over your hand movements, but I am imagining maybe generally, That the hand gestures and the nonverbals are maybe a much more pure expression of your, like the truth, or Mm -hmm. maybe of the unconscious, like this is here's something that is happening through you. I don't know how these hand gestures are happening when I start to pay attention to them then I start to exert some sort of conscious control over them. Maybe just Mm -hmm. like when we pay attention to the breath, there's like, we tend to start to try to control it, but it's happening all the time without Mm. us being aware of it and these hand gestures are happening in the same way. Mm. And all of this like body movement is happening somehow in the same way with like zero, at least it seems to me, zero ego conscious control over it until I start to pay attention to it and, or try to appear in a certain way. Um, yeah, Yeah. that's, so maybe that's a, this is also the unconscious in a way that's just like happening uh in an external way which maybe we typically think of it as or i typically think of it as something that is hidden uh Mm. but it might be here on the surface too Mm.
1: yeah yeah i think and that that brings me to the mind the idea of uh, a persona you know that this might be a part of a persona the external personality that we kind of create when we are with people and when we are not with people when we are alone maybe uh, you know when we are with people then as you said there is a conscious awareness of our actions even even the expressions on the face so you know uh, uh, that let's say maybe we are smiling more or when we, maybe we are trying to be show, being being seen as a pleasing personality you know in front of someone And we are having that facial expression also, you know, Mm -hmm. as as we are having hand gestures. But when we, then we are consciously aware of how we are presenting ourselves. But when we are maybe sitting at home, you know, relaxing, uh, I think once we also noted that how our body shifted once we ended this recording of the podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. we became more relaxed. So uh, that is kind of dropping the persona. And maybe the, as you said, the hand gestures also have, you know, a different persona of themselves. When Mm. we become conscious of it, we present differently. But when we are not conscious, there is another kind of movement happening.
0: Hmm. It just made me think of a potential practice in daily life or maybe in social situations of attempting to drop into that physical posture that you just mentioned of, for example, like even now, even though this is a very kind of intimate situation and very comfortable, there is still some element of performance, even if it's, even though it's just you and me and we don't know who's listening or if anybody might be listening, there's still some element of that here. Mm. And that when we stop recording, there is some sigh of like relief and, uh, Letting go, leaning back into the chair, like just <laughs> something that's more comfortable, or maybe yeah. even more real, um, yeah. and a potential practice because you just kind of did it there, and I, I even felt it in the moment of sort of, I even leaned back a little bit as yeah. you did it, uh, of the possibility of like doing that or remembering to do it throughout the day, or maybe in a situation where I, I might feel anxious or something. There's maybe some possibility of dropping into that feeling just physically. Um, I I do think about this and I talk about this with clients sometimes of going the reverse route of through the body first, as opposed to trying to work something out through the mind Mm -hmm. of just attending to your posture. Like what is your posture saying or communicating? And Mm. how might you just keep attempting to practice like letting go in the posture or opening in the posture. I notice that I'm, my posture is communicating maybe a closeness or tightness or a rigidity. And it's, Mm. it's pretty clear as to how to change that Mm. internally. I can shift my energy into an openness or like literally open my chest up or, or unfold my arms or, open my hands or move my body more directly in front of someone else, as opposed to being to the side of them. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that I can just do pretty easily internally. And Mm -hmm. I do have a hypothesis that that affects both how you feel. And certainly I think how the other person perceives you, which then impacts how you feel also.
1: Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's a very good point. And I think this is something that I can learn from you here, uh, you know, for in, and apply it to my sessions as well, where, you know, maybe start with the practice of first uh, giving up that persona and, you know, uh, that idea of having our body in a certain posture and having certain expressions on the face, because that takes up a lot of energy. You know, uh, it takes, if, if you think, and if you feel about it, you know, there is a huge energy shift from if I'm kind of just leaning towards you for having this discussion. Uh, uh, and, you know, considering that we are on a video call, which is being recorded right now. But if I just go back in my chair and relax, you know, and just be as, as I would be without this video call, uh, then it is a release of energy. And that's why I think, when we have these interactions a lot of time especially when people do sessions when there is a you know one on one interaction uh, or or there is a meeting or of something people feel drained after that you know and 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 the, what i can now realize the reason is this extra energy that we are putting into into building that persona in front of the other person
0: mm-hmm. like maybe on a at least partly very physical level like like very physically exerting subtle energies that are these tightenings all over yes yeah. which is which would inevitably be taxing on the body and leave you tired
1: yeah it, it just and it just gave me an idea you know uh, to to apply in uh, maybe uh, mindfulness at work uh, in terms of like maybe you know people can be trained people can be told and trained into that how because a lot of i'm sure a lot of people in the corporate world feel tired after such meetings right because uh, and i feel that it's not just about like the boss or you know the people around it's it's a, it's it's about how we are presenting ourselves and how we are being in that meeting and uh, i i now remember like my meetings when I used to work in corporate that how I would like you know wear a suit always and that was although I didn't like that but I just used to do it you know Mm -hmm. and but that and that will take a lot of energy from my body because a a suit makes you stiff and you are not able to move freely and uh, then I would be like you know sitting with my back you with kind of leaning forward and not relaxing in my chair, you know, trying to maybe show myself as someone who is on their toes all the time. Uh, uh, So this takes up a lot of energy. So maybe it can, people can be trained in, uh, you know, at workplaces for how to utilize, how to not release that energy and how to not drain their energy and feel more comfortable in meetings. Mm. And it, it also br- brings to my mind the, you know, uh, I was thinking as you were saying that how how we like shift into a more relaxed posture when the recording is done. But I, I I feel that there is an extra layer to that. I feel that we, when, even when we, when we both stop talking, you know, when we are not being recorded and we are having our own casual conversation, mm-hmm. even after that, there is an extra a level to that when we stop, when, you know, when we stop talking and we are just Mm -hmm. by ourselves, then we go more into a relaxed state. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like way way back. (laughs) Way back, you know, almost Mm -hmm. falling back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. so I think there are so many layers that we uh, kind of form onto ourselves uh, rather than what is very true, you know, to our personality. There are so many layers on top of that.
0: It was just making me think of, Traumas to both mm-hmm. a big, you know, how they refer to capital T, lowercase T, mm-hmm. traumas that would maybe ingrain a real protective posture physically in some way, or it like manifest in some part of your body, kind of getting tight, and mm-hmm. and that being maintained for a long period of life, and mm-hmm. potentially leading to lots of physical like stuff happening or maybe headaches or whatever it might be um, Mm -hmm. through that repeated tightening out of some sort of protection or defense against some really bad stuff happening. Can you give an example of that? Mm. I don't think of particular examples. I mean, I'm just thinking of, maybe repeated bullying hmm. or and so that's the first one that I think of. And I can only imagine a, a particular kind of physical posture that would be a sort of tightening and protecting hmm. and moving yeah. away.
1: Yeah, no, that's very right. Maybe. You know, maybe, maybe that comes from, um, like if, uh, if I talk about, and if I take this example of bullying, then I can remember like my childhood experiences of bullying. So I would be like, um, you know, someone says a a lot, a lot of people would say uh, like things about my, how I walk, you know, uh, in my childhood. Uh, (laughs) So I I was bullied around how I walk, you know, by, by children in my, in my school. So like they used to say that, "Oh, oh, Oh, he's a camel. You know, so it's it's like I, I used to, uh, and I don't know if I still have that. I'm not very mm-hmm. conscious of that. But mm-hmm. uh, what I realized was when I walk, my lower body is is in movement. You know, but my upper body is kind of uh, stiff when mm-hmm. I walk in front of people. So there was this bullying around, uh, or or maybe not. It's not it's not in front of people, but that's how I I actually walk. You know, it's like my upper body is not moving. Like I'm not moving my hands much, for example, you know, the way mm-hmm. models do on a, on a ramp, you know, mm-hmm. their hands are in perfect movement and mm-hmm. body's in perfect movement. But for me, like my hands are like still on my side and my legs are moving while mm-hmm. I'm walking. And I, uh, my, my, uh, you know, schoolmates used to make fun of that. And they, they used to say, uh, they used to say that, see the camel has arrived, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, that made me kind of have develop a conscious, I don't know, I'm not now that it is, is it, do I call it conscious or do I call it a persona, you know, a fake persona, but that made me uh, started uh, walking in a certain way. And that took a lot of energy because I was every time conscious of how I'm walking. Right.
0: Yeah, uh, you're exerting you know. energy to try to walk in a certain yeah. way, which yeah. is not your natural way of walking. Yeah. And maybe that becomes really ingrained over a long period of time. So you, you develop this other way of walking, but it still continues to take a certain energy to continue to do that, which is taxing. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of, I might've mentioned this before, maybe we were talking about self-consciousness or something, but I remember I used to, and I think it still like happens unconsciously because it becomes ingrained over a long period of time. But I used to like f- flare my nostrils, uh, like, because I didn't like the way that my nose looked, mm-hmm. and so I would like do that frequently, like as, as mm-hmm. often as I could remember, because I liked the way it looked better when my nostrils were flared up. So it would be this kind of like flexing of my nose in a particular way, which <laughs> clearly is taxing and like is taxing on the face. There's all kind of muscles involved with doing that mm-hmm. all the time versus just being in my natural face position which feels like is a consistent practice for me now of noticing anytime i have any sort of subtle exerted energy or tension especially in my face but all over my body too um, mm. it's really kind of an enjoyable practice for me now and at any mm. moment i'm I, i'm inevitably i'm tensing something without mm. being aware of it and there's always the possibility of letting go of that thing and moving into a more natural, more efficient uh, state of being versus mm. some sort of wasted energy.
1: Yeah. And and a lot of a lot of it comes from, I think, also our ideas about, uh, you know, the the belief systems that are built around how one should be, you know, mm-hmm. what we call the 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 etiquettes, the social etiquettes. Uh I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how, like, what is the line between like having like those basic etiquettes uh, so that others don't feel like maybe troubled by how you are presenting yourself. Hmm. But at the same time, it can go to the other extent of trying to, like you, you losing your authenticity. Hmm. Totally, you know, for example, like Uh, If I take a simple example of nail biting, so this this is this this is a habit which uh, I used to have, and I consciously you know worked on it and kind of let go of it. But still today I feel like biting my nails, (laughs) to be (laughs) very (laughs) honest. And uh, but then uh, the the question is like the question arises that is nail biting, you know something which should be avoided. Or, or is it something that, you know, it is okay to do uh, right. because it's now when someone else is looking at you, I'm not actually harming the other person by, you know, practicing nail biting, but sure. someone else is getting troubled by it. So it's like kind of a dilemma that whether I do it or not.
0: Right. And then come to maybe a like perennial question that only you can answer as to whether something is a natural expression of you, or if it's an expression of anxiety or something. Cause I think con- a conventional thought would be that nail biting is some release of maybe an anxious energy, which could be potentially let go of that. Maybe even that would be something similar to like a tightening or a flaring of the nostrils or something. It's like a way of you know exerting some sort of control or um, release of a of a feeling Hmm. Uh, but then certainly like there could be the question of well maybe that's just the natural expression of you and
1: yeah for because for me it is it is what I realized and I asked this question you know long time back that is it anxiety but I realized it is curiosity so every time I'm like curious every time I'm like you know, questioning something or excited about something, then it will, you know, I will usually, I'll find my nail in my mouth.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: uh, So then it becomes a like, let's say even if it is anxiety, for example, you know, the, the question is that is it okay, maybe it is a body's natural mechanism to you know, let go of anxiety in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but th- the question is that, you know, th- this whole idea of right and wrong i see Mm -hmm. as something which is maybe which is we have created this idea of right and wrong maybe it is Mm -hmm. not wrong
0: have you ever heard the maybe this is a good idea or a good spot to end for today um but have you heard the line maybe i've shared it before that it's about zen but zen could be you could replace zen with many different words i think but Zen is what lies beyond the ideas of good and bad. Mm, Yes. Heard that one before. Yeah. I really like that. Mm, Yeah. Feels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think this whole idea of uh, duality uh, and non-duality is is based on that. That basically how we kind of create polar opposites in the world. You know, we we see the world in terms of black and white, but there are actually so many colors.
0: Hmm. So maybe... Uh, a good way to end here could be just shifting into ending and as the session ends potentially Mm -hmm. if you can you and me and the listener if you want to just notice whatever tension like habitual built-up tension maybe long-term tension and also tension just of this moment Mm -hmm. might be within you right now and see how you might be able to just totally let go of all of it, that leaning back in the chair, whatever that might mean for you in this moment at the end of this time together, potentially just moving into that state of just totally letting go for a little bit. Um, and then maybe there could be a practice of coming back to that again and again and again, and of being a, a practice of noticing that habitual built up physical energy and not having to understand it intellectually, but just shifting again and again into just this posture of sitting back in the chair and finding your most natural position in that moment.
1: Yeah. yeah and I think maybe, uh, you know, the listener, I think for, for us, it's, it's very much practical right now. But I think for the for the listener, the listener might be in a in their natural position, because they are kind of just listening, you know, mm-hmm. in their in their relaxed state, maybe. So maybe the listener can observe their difference, and how they can, sh- you know, maybe mindfully practice this when they are in a like a kind of a meeting with someone or, you know, in a, in, in a social space.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, sounds good. Great.
1: Thank you so much. And see you soon. See you next time. Thank you for joining us in the What Is Now experience. We hope that you liked the episode. If there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation, then you can share those ideas through your comments. We would love to know. Stay tuned for the next episode. Namaste.